Caesars Sportsbook is the only sportsbook app with Caesars rewards. That means win or lose, every bet brings you closer to the types of perks only Caesars can offer. Like hotel stays at over 50 iconic destinations, bonus bets, daily profit boosts, tickets to the game, dining, and so much more. Whether you're a new or existing customer, Caesars Sportsbook is always rewarding. Must be 21. Gambling problem? Call 1-800-GAMBLER. Caesars Sportsbook. Don't just spectate, participate. You are listening to a Mint production brought to you by HD Smartcast. Hello and welcome to Mint. I am Nasreen Sultana. You are listening to All Things Markets, where I speak to experts analyzing the big trends moving the stock markets. Oil prices climbed to $77 per barrel last week. It's highest in nearly three years as a result of a deadlock over the UAE's production quota. Even as the spread of COVID-19 variants and unequal access to vaccines threaten the global economic recovery, crude oil prices remain critical for many importing countries like India. So, how does rise in crude prices impact Indian markets and economy? And overall, will rise in crude prices shrink margins of Indian companies? To understand that, I am joined by Naveen Kulkarni, CIO, Excess Securities. Hi Naveen, welcome to the show. Yeah, hi Nasreen, thank you. So Naveen, as we speak, uh, there is a concern somewhere about the uh, no, increasing price of crude uh, Brent crude prices in overall this year, we have seen uh, Brent crude prices also touching $75 uh, per barrel. According to you, how risky it is, and uh, not only for the global markets, but also for India? Uh, so let's look at the crude prices. See, crude prices over the last so many years have been pretty much rage bound. They haven't increased much. There are, of course, uh, one is... Uh, uh, structural challenges uh, for crude in the long term, uh, but uh, there are also short-term factors. Right now, what we are witnessing is that uh, inventories across the world have been uh, coming down at a significant pace, right? So that's also which is why it is resulting in increase in uh, the crude oil prices. Uh, at this juncture, where crude oil prices stand, uh, I believe that uh, it's it's not in a very, very challenging zone. Of course, the end uh, product prices have risen quite significantly because of uh, the taxation aspect. However, what I want to say is that uh, the current prices are not very, very challenging. I would say that till somewhere in the range of around 85 odd dollars also, we are, uh, I would say, in a manageable zone. But post that number is where the challenges will start emanating, and I think they will put a significant pressure on the on the overall government budget as well as the inflation numbers. So that is the broad view that I have. Uh, 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 the prices up to a certain point are a challenge, but beyond that, uh, up to a certain point are manageable, which is let's say eighty five dollars. Beyond that is where I see significant challenges emanating both from an economic perspective, uh, from inflation, as well as managing the fiscal deficit. Okay. So you're 85, meaning that there is still a room for, uh, I mean, still a comfort room till there is no increase of $10 per barrel. 
but otherwise, as you also mentioned, the end product, the, the petrol diesel prices, which a consumer or a company purchases uh, for their own raw material or an input uh, that they require to make their own uh, products, that is also increased, of course, for various reasons. But how do you think this high uh, you know, fuel prices will impact corporate earnings in the first quarter and also in the entire fiscal because uh, starting from uh, March, we have seen a increase of crude prices along with the other raw material costs like your metals. So this is a very, very interesting uh, problem, which is uh, how the uh, input costs or crude-related input costs are going to impact uh, the uh, overall corporate earnings. So there are, again, two ways to look at it. Uh, so what is crude as a percentage of uh, uh, input cost combine, uh, input cost for various sectors? Uh, so there are, there are, let's say, a few sectors where crude is a significant part of the input cost, which is, let's say, um, sectors like MCG, uh, where uh, crude is used in packaging material, it's used in detergent, crude derivatives are used in detergents, crude derivatives are used in uh, um, LLP product, which is light liquid paraffin in uh, making of cosmetics, so on and so forth. So uh, that is where there, there can be an impact or uh, there could be compression in margins. But FMCG companies uh, overall from a medium term perspective are able to take price hikes and they are able to pass on the input costs. So they can be fairly, they, 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 are, they are quite okay managing that. However, uh, so what happens because of crude is that is the overall inflation uh, scenario, how that changes and what uh, it can have as an impact in terms of the uh, interest rate scenario. I think that's something which is going to be very, very interesting because if interest rates actually start moving up, that will put a significant amount of pressure on the banking system. Mm. Right, so, uh, so it's not a very, very straightforward measure. Uh, so input uh, crude prices going up, uh, leading to higher inflation, which leading to higher interest rates will mean lower treasury gains for banks and uh, also uh, treasury losses rather, and also eventually will have a problem in terms of credit offtake, so on and so forth, mm -hmm. right? So, so those are the aspects which which are going to be more interesting to watch out for. But as I said, at this point in time, uh, it is still in a manageable zone. Uh, in yeah. fact, it, it is probably in that sweet spot, I would say, the overall inflation scenario, which is having a positive impact on uh, the uh, supply-side product prices, and that's actually resulting in uh, higher revenues. So we are in, in a very, very interesting zone uh, uh, where uh, the higher input costs or the higher commodity prices are not necessarily having a, uh, a negative impact, but having a slight positive impact on various industries, which uh, remains to be seen how it will pan out over the next one to two years when actually if we enter into a zone of hyperinflation, when it will start having an impact. Whether we'll get into that zone or not is something which remains to be seen. Right. So there are two actually uh, questions that I that comes to my mind uh, listening to your answer. Uh, one is we, you said that FMC companies are actually passing on the cost uh, to consumers, and we have seen few FMCG companies increasing the ticket size of their products. Now, how does it impact the demand here? Because here, consumer demand is very, very crucial now because the second wave uh, that had hit India in the month of March and April, that had eaten a bit of the consumer 
consumer demand buy and what we had seen the pent of demand in December uh, and in uh, October November that had slightly that was slightly declining that is my first question uh, on the demand consumer demand side and secondly about the interest rate uh, the, the interest rates uh, a lot of economies are penciling in a hike in the interest rates by RBI by end of December, or if not December, by then end of fiscal year 2020, uh, FY22. So according to you, how does the interest rate hike impact overall markets? Because right now we are in a very, very ultra low interest rate scenario. Uh, let's look at the demand side of things. And uh, if we put uh, some historical precedence to this, uh, of how uh, the demand scenario has panned out in 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 the wake of higher uh, prices of uh, mm. products, right? So, so, so actually, the, the, this the answer to this is not very very straightforward. One is that FMCG uh, products are uh, typically uh, low ticket size in 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 terms of them them being a percentage of uh, people's uh, disposable income or. Uh, a percentage of the overall household spending is not very, very significant. How much do you spend on soap? Let's say a soap costs uh, mm. uh, 25 rupees, a 1 rupee price hike is is a 4% increase. But that whether uh, in, in absolute terms, uh, it, it is a 4% and 2 rupees is probably 8, 8% price hike, right? So, right. Uh, which I think is is not very, very significant from an end customer perspective. So from a low ticket product perspective, what historical precedence indicates is that there has not been much of impact with regards to demand. If you look at the time frames of around 2012, 13, 14, when inflation used to be in the range of around 13%, 14%, and uh, the price hikes for FMCG companies used to be 13 14%, there would be a decline in volume growth, right? From uh, volume growth, which used to be uh, let's say 12% would come down to around 5 to 6%. Mm. But there would still be growth, right? There would not be a demand destruction which would happen. There can be some categories, let's say like categories like paints, which are a little more sensitive because the ticket size tends to be larger. Uh, but even even in, in categories like paint also, the labor cost is a much, much higher component. And uh, the, the pinch that customers feel because of higher product prices is slightly less. So it depends on the industry, how they will take the price hikes and what they will do. My sense is that I'm fairly confident that uh, FMCG companies will be able to pass on the input costs uh, with a lag. Uh, it takes some time for, for them to pass it on. It not, does not happen immediately because there is inventory in the channel which needs to be consumed first and then they take price hikes. And more importantly, what also happens is that uh, during periods of price hikes, the channel tends to accumulate inventory also, right? Because they are able to sell the old inventory at higher price so that the movement is actually much faster in the FMCG industry. So my sense is that FMCG, I'm fairly confident, uh, uh, will be able to manage the input costs uh, uh, with uh, with a lag. Uh, it should not be a huge challenge. And also where current input costs stand, I think they are, they are manageable. Uh, Second is with regards to the inflation. I think that is something which is very, very tricky uh, because, uh, see, one aspect that we are talking about is crude, but inflation is a summation of multiple uh, product yeah. categories. Yeah, of course. The right? food prices also gets, in, uh, gets food included. Food is, of course, a large component. But mm. if I were to just look at core inflation, which is uh, um, X crude and uh, food, 
uh what happens is that when crude prices go up they also result in an in an indirect effect with regards to uh, these the the other product prices moving up for example if i have to travel to work uh using a uh, auto rickshaw and the price goes up so i will need probably a higher wage for my service to be rendered to uh, my company so i will probably demand a wage hike and eventually it will start resulting in a wage hike so my sense is that uh, from that perspective uh, how the core inflation moves up is something which is going to be very very interesting right now the core inflation is moving up and that is probably having a positive impact on the economy uh, however the challenge will be that when it gets to be in a zone where things become like really worrying where where things are going to get overheated and resulting in a stagflation kind of a scenario where the higher prices are actually inhibiting the overall demand scenario right now i think uh, classic economics says that higher uh, prices means higher supply uh, there is going to be increase in supply and overall increase in uh, uh, i would say that uh, uh, economic growth but after a certain point it starts resulting in a significant stagflation kind of a scenario have we reached that probably the answer to that is no whether Q4 of FY22 will be the scenario. It is something which remains to be seen. And my sense is that we could get there by FY22. Q4 is very very likely, and that's when we would start seeing increase in uh, interest rates and all those things starting to play out. Uh, am I very sure about this thing playing out? I would say that I am not very very sure because. what is also happening is that as prices also move up there will also be increase in supply and whenever there is an increase in supply that also means that the prices will not start going up further so it's it's a very very tricky scenario we are coming out of lockdowns where there were supply side disruptions uh, price increases are happening but they have been supply led but when supply side starts improving the prices will also start will start getting mm. uh, slightly tamed so uh, my sense here is that i think the next 3 to 6 months are going to be very very crucial the festival season will be a clear a critical indicator because that's when the demand will pick up quite significantly and uh, let's say the diwali festival season by then we would have seen a complete unlock ha- happening of uh, the uh, economies of not just india but all around the world or a significant portion of unlocking would have happened i think demand scenario would be at peak and what inflation trajectory will it be then uh, i think will be a key determinant of kind of price hikes or the interest rate hikes that are going to result in subsequent months so that is the scenario till then we'll have to wait and watch out for demand versus supply playing out uh, uh, catch up versus a uh, 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 miss uh, kind of a game so i think that's something which remains to be seen so i would be very very uh, uh, hawkish on the watching the uh, festival season demand and the price scenario playing out and if that gets out of hand then we are in for price hikes from december or even from uh, uh november december and probably uh, more hikes in the q4 of uh, this year fiscal year okay but what about uh, this quarter june quarters and the in uh, in june quarter uh, half of the country were in, was in lockdown there were partial lockdowns in few few states uh, do you think that corporate earnings in the first quarter will have uh, a similar kind of uh, profit that we saw in the march quarter or do you think that there would be some few pockets of uh, strength and there would be laggards like uh, 
it is expected that autos uh, may not show that kind of promising uh, business. So again, uh, this is uh, something which is going to be very, very interesting to watch out for the uh, Q1 FI22 numbers. So when I were to look at our own estimates across various sectors, uh, so th there are sectors where there is uh, the profit growth is still going to be reasonable. Uh, uh, on a QOQ basis, for example, IT sector, which is a very large contributor, the profit growth is going to be reasonable. Uh, BFSI, which is the uh, uh, banking uh, sector, I don't see a huge, huge challenge in terms of how the profit numbers are going to pan out. Uh, we we have seen a some bit of slowdown, but uh, I feel that the profit numbers might still be manageable in this quarter, right? So uh, if you look at the sectoral breakup, uh, um, there is one is a very large component is. Uh, a BFSI, which is the banking space. Uh, then, of course, uh, the uh, uh, then uh, there is uh, the oil and gas space, which is a very very large component. Uh, then follow that up with uh, IT, uh, uh, and uh, then there will be sectors like autos and all, which will be uh, important, right? Uh, if I were to look at uh, let's say the the critical sectors like IT, BFSI, right? So I think there is not going to be a huge impact in terms of uh, uh, the profit numbers immediately. How, what kind of provisions banks will have to take? We'll have to see that. But I think at this point in time, uh, uh, it may it may be manageable to my extent. So overall, from a profit perspective, on a sequential basis, Q4 FY21, uh, Q1 FY22 versus Q4 FY21, we would probably see a five percent kind of a compression in earnings, maybe not much, much higher than that, maybe 5%, maybe 10%. But I think there is going to be decent profit numbers still. On a YOI basis, considering the base is not at all comp uh, comparable and it was a lockdown, complete lockdown quarter in Q1, FY21, mm. the earnings growth will be more than 100%. Yeah, that's then, because the low base and... Uh, yeah, but if, even if I were to compare it with Q1, FY20, right, which is probably the uh, quarter Before where... COVID, yeah. Yeah. Yeah, 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 pre-COVID quarter, FI20. So uh, if I were to even look at that quarter also, probably the compression in earnings may not be very, very significant or maybe it just might be there, right? So so uh, from a results perspective or uh, from the earnings scenario perspective, I'm not too, too bearish at this point in time. Okay. But what about the overall markets? Uh, do you uh, see we have hit... Um, multiple record highs at the month of uh, July even. And overall, even starting from the you know, beginning of this year, or even if we go back to March uh, from last year at till now, we have made significant uh, rally and significant profits. But what from here, where, where are we headed? I know that there are risks and challenges. But besides that, where do you think markets would be headed either by the end of 2022 or uh, next year? So from our perspective, our target for December 2021 is 17,400 for Nifty. So uh, we are still expecting the markets to head higher. Uh, we have uh, our simple uh, logic is based on uh, uh, that uh, the earnings for FY22 will be very, very strong. So we are looking at a 30% earnings growth. Even FI21 post-COVID, post-pandemic, and uh, or rather uh, a pandemic year, uh, there was a 15% in earnings growth for uh, the benchmark Nifty, right? So we ended the year at around 534 rupees EPS, uh, which was a healthy 15% growth on uh, FI20, right? Even with the Q1 washout quarter, right? So so th that gives some perspective, right? So uh, 
if the if fy22 will be a 30% growth and probably the best ever year in terms of corporate profitability right and we are looking at a fairly strong balance sheet across industry uh, if we go back to years like 2015 16 17 where earnings growth used to be tepid but it used to result from a major challenges emanating of the out of the balance sheets right of banks of uh, the financial services mm. right so on and so forth the icici bank used to have close to around 8 to 9% gross nps and net nps used to be in the range of around 5% odd uh, so from that perspective where we are uh, less than 2% nps across the system uh, gnps across the major banking system which is let's say the private banks like access icici Uh, even as we have put together, uh, we, we we and of course the likes of HDFC and all have no major challenges of NPS. They might have challenges with regards to growth, but uh, we are seeing a fairly strong uh, uh, balance sheet scenario uh, in in this uh, market. And also, so many companies have raised capital. There is a lot of liquidity which is there with corporate India now, right? So many IPOs have come. People have done QIPs. <clears throat> so on and so forth so the balance sheet strength is there which is what will mean that the valuation multiples will sustain at reasonably high levels so uh, i am just putting these things into perspective one we are looking at a very very strong earnings trajectory point number one point number two we are looking at a much much stronger balance sheet uh, than the last decade uh, from uh, let's say 2011 to 2020 was when the balance sheets were quite better we are looking at a stronger balance sheets right now which means the higher multiples are likely to sustain and if the earnings growth manifests or is is achieved uh, we 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 are likely to see the market still moving up right so market looks at these factors right earnings growth and quality of earnings if earnings go strong and the quality of earnings which is what is indicated by the strength in balance sheet i think the multiples will sustain so that's uh, our base case uh, uh, scenario for the markets right so on that note navin thanks a lot for uh, taking time out uh, for this conversation and uh, we wish you good health thanks once again thank you nasreen for feedback you can write to me at nasreen.s@lifemin.com or you can reach out to me on twitter at nasreen story you can also reach out to us at ht smartcast We are present on Facebook, Twitter and Instagram. And to listen to more podcasts like this, you need to log on to www.htsmartcast.com. This was a Mint production brought to you by HT Smartcast. HT Smartcast. When everyone is on the same page, getting things done is easy. Make a bigger impact at work with Grammarly. Grammarly is your secure AI writing partner that enables your team to make their point and move faster. You can even save time by going from spending hours editing drafts to just seconds. Join the 96% of Grammarly users that say it helps them craft more impactful writing. Sign up and download Grammarly for free at grammarly.com/podcast. That's grammarly.com/podcast. Easier said, done.